Welcome. I'm Kevin Miller, and this podcast is called Self Helpful because not all self help is helpful. I'm your curator, critic, and translator of the best and brightest minds in the self help world today. Find your true self on the other side of resolution. We've been talking about authenticity, the authentic you. Who and where is it? Well, first off, it's not a totally unfiltered you. It's not just a raw you. It's a you who has become self-aware and at peace by resolving your hurts and wounds, your angers, your voids. And in that, it's a journey to becoming authentic to the greatest degree you can. Our muse is Vienna Farron, who I've been talking with lately. Vienna is a licensed marriage and family therapist and one of New York City's most sought-after relationship therapists. Her new book is called The Origins of You, How Breaking Family Patterns Can Liberate the Way We Live and Love. Vienna has nearly 700,000 followers tuning in on Instagram at her Mindful MFT account to get help discovering and becoming their authentic selves. This is part three, where I bring on a peer to co-host with me, someone who has experience in this topic. And I chose Broadway and film star Renee Marino. I brought Renee on the show a few months ago to talk about her book, Becoming a Master Communicator. And we just hit it off. This is the second time I've asked her to co-host with me because this is a topic she is close to. As you'll hear in a moment, when hardship hit Renee's life, she realized she was repeating negative patterns and she started therapy with a counselor on inner child work. And right there, if that phrase inner child work rubs you wrong in any way, hey, I feel you. At face value, I have no desire to waste my time looking backwards and trying to uncover feelings from my past. I have hard enough time figuring out my feelings today. I struggle to even remember how I felt as, as a kid, if not you know now. But please listen, the point is to figure out how you may have reacted unhealthfully to events in your early years and brought them forward into your adult life. And you did. So did I. This is an audit in essence. It reminds me if you've ever bought a used car, uh, you've in recent years, you've likely gotten a Carfax report so you can know the history of the car, how it's been maintained, any wrecks or recalls, how many owners and so on. What occurred to me is I continue looking into this, you know, the origins of me as Vienna talks about, and it's just amazing how unaware I have been about some of the wrecks per se, along the way that have not been resolved and are impeding my progress. This is the focus of our show right now. The Self-Helpful Podcast was founded by the Zig Ziglar Corporation. If you are a coach or consultant and want to add credibility, clients, and impact to your business, go to Ziglar.com today. Friends, this podcast exists to help you find and understand the guidance and counsel that will help you elevate your personal experience of life and the way you show up for others. Following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life, I bring you Renee Marino to discuss with me this topic from Vienna Farron and her new book, The Origins of You, and look at how to resolve the damages in our lives so we can discover and grow in our authentic, at-peace selves.
I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. So Renee, doing this show with Vienna and these aspects of being authentic and our childhood programming and whatnot. And yeah, I think it was the first show that you and I did together. First time, you know, together recording about you and your, your book and everything. And you talked then it was either then or maybe in uh, part two. And you talked about doing the inner child work. So what I, I didn't ask then, what was that motive? Well, like I didn't hear that story. So something happened and yeah. you didn't just like look at a flyer one day and it said, Hey, come do inner child work. And you thought, man, that sounds like fun. I could go to a wine tasting or do inner child work. I, you know? Yeah. So what, what precipitated that? that? Or maybe it was that, I don't know. So tell me the story. You know, Kevin, let's go out for lunch and then, you know, what? we'll go work on our inner children together. Yeah, sounds fun. Great. That's yeah. Let's uh, get our nails pulled off also as well. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, I was always, I was like always obsessed with understanding why I do things in the way I do. And I've always been really into personal development. I've always journaled since a little girl. But then in the end of 2019, uh, a lot went down in my life. I lost my father. Mm-hmm. And three days later, I had a miscarriage. And then, you know, I had to deal with all of the things surrounding the miscarriage and, and going to the doctor. And then all of a sudden the doctor tells me, Oh, you have to check your thyroid levels. Now it was like all this stuff. And it was just like, boom, 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 one thing after another. And I was like, okay, I'm dealing with one thing. I'm, I'm dealing with it. And I felt like Rocky, you know, like you get knocked down, you keep getting back up. And I just got to this point where I was like, oof, man, I am dealing with a lot of anxiety and, grief at the same time and all these changes happening. Oh, and by the way, the world shut down at that same time. I started my new business, started the new business and working on my book. So as you could see, there was a lot swirling at once. And it wasn't even just then that I decided, you know what, I want to start really dealing with these fears that are coming up. It was like, because I went through all of this at the same time, there was no choice anymore to turn away from these patterns and these fears that I probably had my entire life, but I could turn a blind eye to them or stuff them in the closet. At this point in my life, it was like, uh-uh, these babies are showing up. You have to deal with them. So about a year later, 
it's like all of a sudden everything hit me. Like everything that I had been dealing with, it was like, oh, wow, Renee, there's a lot of change in your life. And that's when I sought out, I was going to therapy. I think everybody should go to therapy, quite honestly. I think it's a wonderful gift. And then a friend of mine talked to me about um, a woman that she connected with who did inner child work. And I was like, I'm down. I'm always, I'm like, let's see what what we can do. Let's see what we can uncover. And that's kind of how the, that whole part of my life started. And Kevin, it's the most enlightening thing that I've done. And, and after listening to your interview with Vienna, I was like, man, it's all connected, right? Like our wounds, the, the, our wounded inner children who are those stuck parts of ourselves that, that happened because like you and Vienna talked about, like maybe it was just one moment that happened when you were five years old, but man, it shook you. And now every time something happens in your life, that five-year-old inner child is like, uh-uh, I'm going to keep you safe. But it, but in reality, it's, it's holding us back. So you mentioned patterns. That's what I was going to ask. Um, mm-hmm that you saw or were concerned about. That's the thing that took me the longest to understand. I just understood the knockdown, get back up. And that wasn't even that hard anymore, but it wasn't until I had, I had to have somebody else point out, uh, actually had, it was my buddy, Jonathan pool. We did a life plan is what it's called through, um, Patterson. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. I think he, I don't think he's alive anymore, but Patterson, uh, life. And he, and he showed me, it was my, and it was a really, uh, kind of a vocational, focus and it was this graph and it showed me, you know, start a business, succeed, sabotage, start a business, succeed. And he said, dude, you got some patterns. And I just didn't get it. I had not seen it that I had these patterns. So when you said inner child work, that was kind of my fishing there figuring you must be seen or concerned about some patterns. So, okay. So when you do that and you listen to the Vienna thing and it's not about or she's trying to dispel the idea. This isn't about going back and just dissing your childhood or your parents or whatever, but it's saying that everybody does have some wounds. And the one that was really, well, no, let me start there before I keep going. So what surfaced Mm. as far as, as wounds, whether it was, and I appreciate you saying that, you know, the five years old and X, Y, Z happened and you say, oh gosh, this happened and this trauma happened or this perceived trauma. Cause maybe it was no big deal. Yeah. But either way, okay, so what, a couple highlight wounds. Totally. So I'll never forget, five years old, I was in, I'm in kindergarten, and I remember like writing my letters. You know how you used to have to make the big A, and they gave you the lines. The lines, the yeah. Lines, yeah, yeah. And Kevin, I would write my A and my B and my C, and I would erase it. And then I would do it again, because in my mind, it wasn't perfect. Hmm. And it wasn't until I got to the point that I got myself so riled up that I was in tears that my father had to come come for me and say, Renee, it's fine. Everything's okay. And that's when that perfectionism, and I know you get that because we've talked about this. You talked about like that perfectionist within me that never thinks it's good enough and then results in me beating myself up. That was all becoming real clear on top of my my other inner child that I like to call her just the worrier, constantly worrying like the what if, well, what if this happens? And then what if, and then what if that happens? And the constant mental ruminations, I mean, that really got spotlighted. And I was like, okay, hold the phone, Renee. Like where where is this coming from? And it was tricky for me because 
it wasn't that I had parents who were really hard on me and they're like, Renee, you better be perfect. They weren't like that. They were very supportive, loving. I could talk to them. So I, I kept questioning myself being like, where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm harder on myself than they are on me. Yeah. But through doing the inner child work and kind of really sitting back with myself, I started to to remember that there was a point in my childhood where I remember making this decision with myself that I was going to be, I was going to be the savior for everybody in my family. And I was going to be the one who reached heights that other people didn't reach. And because of that, I somewhere in my five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old brain tied that to having to be perfect. But, and that I, but hold, let me ask there though, but why? I mean, is it, um, was it, because you saying that it would make me think, did you look at your parents and, and feel like they were not able to be all they could be? They couldn't pursue their, okay, go yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That was it. You know, my father was brought up in a really, really tough, tough upbringing, the oldest of five. And it was hard. You know, his father was an alcoholic. His mother wasn't always there. He went away, fought in the Vietnam War. And hmm. I admire him so much. I always did my whole life because he did a 180. He was not um, a reflection of what he was brought up. I mean, he he became the most wonderful father, husband to my mother. So for me, I was like, oh, I want to show my dad. Like, I want to make him proud because he did everything for me. I was a dancer since a little girl. He paid for my dance lessons. He did everything to support me. So I want to show him I'm going to do it. And same thing with my mother. I mean, my mother had had a great upbringing, but still she had things in her life. She always wanted to be a dancer. She was, she's an amazing dancer. She never got to do it because of her father. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be the one to do it. And that's where the pressure on myself began. And again, my parents were, they'd always be like, Renee, we don't put the pressure on you. I'm like, I know, but uh, apparently I've decided that I want to do this. Well, I love, I love, I greatly appreciate the story, Renee, because it's, that seems more, it's a hard, it's a harsh word, but I would say insidious in, in a sense than the blatant, Hey, I had this trauma. My parents told me you're never going to amount to anything. And you know, it was totally blatant out there in the open. And so I rebelled against that and wanted to become something over here. You're saying, no, and there's no real trauma, but you took something out of good intent. I mean, I don't know how you could go back and even change that. Your parents would have to be psychologists to figure that out. So no, you know, no harm foul on, on their part. And yet you took something and, and it showcases our propensity to take something and let it imprison us to the point to where it kind of becomes a trauma. It's really similar to my story in that way as well, as I took something that worked that I wanted and embraced it. And, oh my gosh, I let it be. Prison sounds bad, but I let it confine me at least. Yes, but yeah. that's what it feels like, right? Like it feels like when we confine ourselves in this way mentally, it does feel like a prison because you're just like, I, I have to do this thing and there's no way around it. And you can't, you, it's like, you can't take the goggles off to see the rest of life yeah. and how everything's running because you're just stuck in that perspective. And it's tricky because a lot of that part of our personality, and I'm saying uh, both of us, because you were a professional athlete, you get it. I was a professional actress for how many years? So there is a part of that 
that did help us where we pushed ourselves. But that's what's, that's what I've learned doing the inner child work is yes, thank that part of yourself. It's not about saying like, Oh, Renee, I can't believe you did that. It's saying thank you for allowing me to reach these heights for the things you've allowed me to do. But now this no longer is working yeah. and you're hurting me, hurting me more than you're helping me. And that's the, that's the tricky part is it's like, having to go back and and work with yourself, communicate within yourself and say, okay, I know that you're just doing this to keep me safe. And I thank you, but now we're going to do things differently. And it's almost like it's, it's as if you're talking to your children, like, think about that. How would you talk to your children if they were doing something that was harming themselves or you, but they were doing it out of love and now you have to be their parent and tell them, okay, sweetie, this doesn't work anymore. It's interesting. It reminds me. So I, I have a son, uh, Nakota, N-E-K-O, Nakota, and he's 13 now, but we got him started running. We had all the kids run just as a physical outlet, kind of a running family, do cross country and whatnot. And he pretty quick became, it sounds exaggerated, but literally unbeatable. He just did not lose, whether it was a cross country race or track and field or whatever. And of course, you know, I'm the ex-pro athlete, the Olympic training centers down the past thing. I got my Olympian right here, baby. And he ultimately, the stress that it caused him, um, and we kept doing You, I thought about it because you mentioned your parents and we said, dude, don't, it's just take the pressure, get 10th get 20, just go have fun. And, but he ultimately said, I just can't do it. If I'm going to be in it, I have to, I can't not try my hardest and try my hardest is just so hard. So ultimately he quit, he quit that. Now we still wanted him to have an outlet. So now he does soccer and he loves it. He still gets to be the fast guy, but it's not all about him. He doesn't even want to play offense. He doesn't want to even have the ball. He loves playing defense. He plays the same thing. So he's got his outlet. He likes his friends. I'm not going to have my Olympian because he could care less about sports for the most part, but it's interesting to look at that and yeah, see a kid's propensities, but to what you say to realize well, it reminds me, and I might've said this in the show, Terry, Terry real. He's a renowned therapist. Gwyneth Paltrow calls him her uh, relationship therapist or whatever. So he was on the show and it, it's in his book, us that's somewhere on the shelf behind me here. And he said, just what you said, Renee, that there's that strategy that we learned as kids that served us so well. So he's talking about that. He's going, you know, just what you said, congratulate that kid. That was brilliant, man. That was a brilliant strategy tactic to deal with whatever. Um, it served you well, but now just as you said, Renee, I'm an adult. I'm not, I don't have that environment. I don't have those people running my life. I don't have that, whatever I do have, or I can have, let's say a a freedom and I don't need to do that anymore, but that's, let me ask you this, because you're talking about doing, you were aware of some, or had some awareness of some things going on. You went and did this work with the inner child. I am a little curious on re- trying to go find out, trying to reconcile, because what if you can't like, can, so we, we could say, if you can go figure out why I would assume that's helpful. Do you have to, I mean, it's a, to me, an honest question. I don't, do you have to go back and reconcile it? You see this pattern. It had to have come from back here from the programming. You want to go find out, but do you have to, 
in doing the inner inner child, what do you think? Do you, is it really so with inner child? No, that's a great freaking question, Kevin. Because I've just recently I said that to to my girl Kesley. Shout out to Kesley. Um, I said because I was having a tough day, and I was just like, Kesley, why did I decide to do this? Yeah. Because now I'm so aware of everything at all times that 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 in itself can feel stressful. Yeah. But. I, I like to think of it like anything, anything that's really worth it, like that thing in your life that you want so bad. Oftentimes you have to go through the tough terrain. You have to go through that that struggle where it feels uncomfortable and you're like, man, I do not want to deal with what I dealt with when I was a kid. But I know that the quicker I get there and I am aware of it, then I can get to the other side. And this this reminds me of what you and Vienna, when you were talking about the authenticity, yeah, that authenticity is on the other side of resolution. And that's what it makes me think of. Mm. Like I can only really step into Renee, who I am in my light at my core. If I can understand why I've developed these patterns, where they came from work to not eradicate them, but work with them so I can step into that truest part of myself. So I do believe, now I I don't believe that there's two difference. There's a difference between going there, having the awareness and then sitting in it. And every day just talking about this, this horrible thing that happened to you and reliving it and, and talking about it every day. Those are two different things. But I do believe that going there Having the self-awareness, your eyes open to say, wow, you know what, Renee, you're, t- man, you were just doing your best. Even though the days it's hard, it feels like I'm being tortured by my inner child because I have the awareness. I realize, oh, no, no, you are so scared. You're so scared that I am getting to the next level of my life. You're scared that what if I fail? What if I succeed? You're so scared that you're trying to hold me back because you love me. Okay, thank you. I recognize that. And then you can work with it. So I do think that it's important to go back and have the self-awareness, but not to live there. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places, it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens, such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses. So your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to AIR. D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O dot com. Use promo code Kevin. 
Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. It, you've got me thinking about ultimately, yeah. So if, if you come to one of these aspects of seeing a propensity you have to continue a pattern, or whatever, and, and being aware, great. And try to say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to try to make different, have different behavior, different thoughts, whatever that you can just do that. Now, how much better if you can go back and see that past child and, and understand it. There was a movie. I was trying to look it up. Um, year 2000. It's Bruce Willis. It's called the kid. Apparently it's on mm-hmm. Disney and I can't remember the exact premise. Somehow he ends up like back in time and he gets to witness himself and it, blows his mind to see the hurts that this little kid uh, who he was endured and he sees the actual circumstances like gets to view them voyeuristically and how it changes his life then how amazing it would be to see that and have that understanding and do that work if you can so the awareness you know step one that's awesome and if you can go from there do what you can great how much more if you can do the inner child work, come back and and see and understand feels to me, I'm feeling, I should say in my own journey that if I can do that, the more I can do that, the more I can embrace actually being different. Well, as you said, I was gonna say, be authentic. If I can resolve it being different because it really, it really feels, it can feel near impossible to say, really, I'm seriously going to have a different thought a different view, a different image about myself. It's so much easier to think of that in regards to some external stuff. But for me, looking in the mirror, that's... I'm with you, Kevin. I'm telling you, I I know exactly what you're saying. And and yes, there are there are days that you you just think like, whoa, what? How am I going to how am I going to get past this? Am I ever going to get past this? This is ingrained in me. It's who I am. But then having that moment where you go, "Wait. Now I do know better. I I now realize that I went through A, B, and C. My parents were doing the best under their circumstances. So, it's not about getting mad at them. It's not about 
you know, trying to say, I'm never going to talk to my mom or dad again because they put me through this said thing. It's about having that power of the pause where you say, you know what, this is, this is what it was. And I did my best under the circumstances. And now all I can do is move forward with that information. And it's not like, oh, I wake up and I'm a new person. Woohoo. No, it's just that now when those patterns come up, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I see you. It's still uncomfortable, right? It's not like, oh, it all of a sudden feels good. But there's a, it, it's almost like a little bit of space between it now. Where instead of totally overtaking you, yeah. now you feel those feelings, you have those thoughts, but there's that stronger voice behind saying, okay, but Kevin, you know what this is about. You know you know that this is your perfectionism creeping yeah. in. Here's, here's the, and you made me think of the Zig Ziglar perspective of responding, that pause, responding and not just reacting, which is the con that's it. It's the pause. It's the awareness, but you got me to thinking that, you know, one of the things that I struggle with here, so I'm the fixer, right? Something comes up, you just whisper, just the mere thought of something that's wrong or whatever, especially, you know, especially with my family. Uh, and I'm going to go f- fix it. The kids say something about, yeah, you know, that it felt funny driving here and I'm just out in the driveway working on it. And, and that's what I do. Well, so now I'm trying to change that because I may not be anyways, I'm trying to change that. Not that I'm not there to do it, but I, I do so much that's unasked for that. I'm maybe not doing it for the right reasons. So I'm trying to come off that. And I feel like a jerk is one of the biggest things that I deal with because I heard what they said. I heard something that could be helped. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm the dad, I'm the husband, I'm the friend, whatever. And I could go do that. They didn't ask. Um, and so often when I don't, I realize nobody cares really not, a, you know, a lot of times they didn't care. And sometimes they, my kids sometimes will feel guilty that they mentioned something and now I'm out there taking care of something. And they didn't mean they really would have rather I was in here for dinner or, you know, having fun with them. And yet the change, the problem with the change is not so much external. It's still with me. The the allowing myself to be different. I think the pressure even more so than if you do have somebody who doesn't like your changes, which I can't say that I've experienced so much because for the most part it's internal, but those then if, if you're looking at this going, okay, I can change the pattern. I can behave different realizing I, ca- I like to put the hardships or the challenges out on the table that you're going to have a hard time doing different. Cause you did it for a reason. I did it to gain, to yes. get my affirmations, acceptance, whatever. And so if I'm not going to do that, I have fear. You talked about that fear that I'm not, I don't feel acceptable to, to myself. I'm just let, I'm not going to let that go. I'm not going to jump up and fix it. And then even more so if, cause some people are going to do this or try this, and have fear, and maybe it will be validated that somebody is on the receiving end is going to say, well, wait a minute, you usually do X. That doesn't feel good to, to me either. And then we're into the boundaries type issue, which is, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Nedra Glover Tawab. We just had her on the show again. She's famous for her book, Change Your, I oh, don't know, no, it's Boundaries. Um, shoot, I can't remember the title, but Nedra, uh, Glover Toa boundaries and her latest book is drama free about relationships, right? Isn't she yeah. about relationships? Yeah. 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 Matter of fact, I think she endorsed Vienna's book. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
but that again, we're talking about change to do that then is next. And I don't know what your experience was there. So as you're seeing these patterns, you go, okay, I'm not going to do, was there a primary thing of saying I'm not, cause, cause I, that's what I'm saying for me, it was, a, I'm not going to jump up and fix and, and whatever. Cause I don't need to, I wasn't asked to, it's not my responsibility all the time to, I'm not going to, did you have anything there of on the perfection yeah. side? What? Oh yeah. I, well, with the perfectionism, again, that's so, so internal because for me, if I'm, if I'm looking at the big picture, there really wasn't anyone saying like, come on, Renee, you, why aren't you doing this the right way? Granted, as a performer, that's kind of ingrained in you, right? Because you, you want to be the best and, and you're in a room full of, of other women who look exactly like you and are the same height and you're all, you know, veering for the same job. So there's naturally that, that voice of perfectionism that comes in. But in my personal life, say, there was no, no one there that's like, oh, come on, Renee, you're not being perfect. It was all me. Yeah. And that's what was so trippy about it. Because it's like when I was able to step back and ask myself, where is this coming from? I all of a sudden took those goggles off and I was like, oh, I've been doing this to myself. But what I can completely connect with you on this about is the part of myself that always was a people pleaser. Yeah. And always, uh, uh, you need something? Yes. 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 Before I even have time to think about it, right? Because Renee tied doing things and making them happy to that makes me know that I'm a good person and I'm good enough. Right. It all, it's so deep. Like I only know this now after really working with, with therapists and, and reading all the books and doing all the things, but I realized, oh, so when I was saying yes all the time to everybody, it made me feel good because they were happy. So if you're happy, that means I'm safe because they think I'm a good person. Right. But do you know, but do I know I'm a good person, even if I say no? And that's what I've been toying with lately. So to add to your what you were just saying, just recently, my mom, who is like my best friend, we're always together. Um, she asked me to do something last week. And, oh, I was leaving for Miami to go coach. And it was a Sunday. She asked me to do this thing. And then I had to fly out Monday. And at first I was like, yeah, absolutely. And then I got home, Kevin. And it was the first time that I was like, I realized all the things I had to do. I have to pack. I have to get my my materials ready. And I had this guttural instinct that was like, Renee, you don't need to be doing this right now. You don't need to go out with your mother. You have to pack. And I... I called my mother up and I said, mom, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to join you. And I knew she wanted me to. And like, there was that twinge of, oh, I felt it like the disappointment, like, oh, I'm disappointing her. And I was like, mom, I, I really have a lot to do. And I just think by time I get home and she completely understood. And then afterwards we hang up the phone. I called her back a little while later and I said, I just want you to know, I'm really proud of myself. (laughs) (laughs) because that was really hard to do. Uh And she said, I'm proud of you too, because she knows Uh I can tend to be a people pleaser, but yes. So, so it's, it's not easy when we start to make those changes. I feel like I I have that um, image of like, you know, when you were a kid and you made a whirlpool in the pool and you're, you're making the current go one way. And then all of a sudden you're like, all right, everybody, we're going to walk back and reverse it. And it's so hard. Great analogy. 
oh, it's so hard at first, Kevin. And you're like, there's no way I'm going to get this current going the other way. And then after a while, it starts going the other way. That's how I imagine it in my head. So those days that it's really hard and I'm like, why did I go on this journey? Why am I talking to my inner children? This is so freaking hard. Then I remember it's okay. This is how it's supposed to be right now. I love the story, Renee. I, my first experience with that is my wife and she says something, but I go pick something up. So we're at home, but I go pick something up. Of, of course, you know, grab keys, go out, start the, start the car. And it, I realize I'm, I'm just kind of pissed. Sat in it for a second, walked back in and said, honey, I could definitely go get it. But I'm just realizing if, if I did, it would be with a little bit of bitterness because I've already been in town twice, whatever. And she, she didn't, she didn't say this, but in my recollection, like if I go back in my mind, I'd be like, oh, so good for you, honey. Yay for your personal growth. And, uh, it was, it was so funny. It was, and she wasn't, she wasn't that way at all, but that's how I, you know, picture it in my yeah. head. Cause it was like that. Okay. I, I want to, your current thing, you heard me talking to Vienna. I am a little blown away. And, and I wish every kid coming out of high school, college, whatever, no, probably high school, uh, especially because that's when you are generally leaving home and you're either up ended up in a you know college dorm or your own apartment or some friends or whatever, but you're out and you think, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is the start of me. This is the start of Kevin. This is started at now I'm, I can you know stay up all night or I can, you know, eat whatever I can choose whatever. And I don't have to, I'm not under that, you know, even the best of parents, man, I just, they're, I, I'm free. And to realize you're not, you are in the current. I hadn't thought about it that way until you said that, but you are, I, I, you know, with me and I said, you're programmed, you've got an operating system, whatever, but you have a current and it's all, you know, you may have gotten glimpses of something different as you were exposed to other families, friends, whatever, but you have been living in a current and you can't not, my kids can't not live in the current that I have created. They just can't. I, I they're not, my kids will not wake up tomorrow morning in New Jersey. They're going to yes. wake up up on a mountain for better or, and worse. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's the only current that they know. So they're going to leave home and they are in a current. And so to become aware of what the heck kind of current am I in? And mm-hmm. cause I am not free of that. And what of that do I want to be free? Of? Cause some of my, I may love it may be love and acceptance and, you know, beautiful stuff, yeah. but some of that, I, but I think the biggest thing is just realizing that, that you did, I left home and I I was not starting from square one. I was in a current and what I did for the most part, even though I thought that I'm my own man now and I wasn't, and I just kind of continued along in that own current of my upbringing. As you talked about a lot of it that I created myself, I embraced myself, wasn't anybody's fault. And I went on and I continued and then we're into where you started with this. And I'm doing these patterns. That's what blows me away. And so somebody's hearing this right now and you're 70 years old and you've never heard this before. You're 70 years old. You've been 70 years in this current. I don't want to, I don't want to minimize it in Pollyanna. You can, it, cause we're supposed this is self-help. You can change it today. No, probably not. You know, probably yeah. you're probably never going to totally change that current man. It's been a long time, but you can look at that and you could probably address some patterns today mm-hmm. and own them. And own you know, them. like I feel like that's such a, an important step. And I realized the, the, older and wiser I get that 
I admire that in other people. I admire when someone's like, listen, I have a really bad temper. I recognize that I'm working on it, Hmm. but I own that. Like, I'm like, yes, I think that that to me is the key. Cause you're right, Kevin. It's people who are, are in this personal development space. We get it. Like if at first thought you're like, Oh, this is going to be easy. And then you're in it and you're like, Oh, wow. (laughs) This is no joke, but you can own that part of yourself. And I think that's, that's definitely the the place I've been in as of recently owning those days that I'm like, I need to sit and cry maybe for the next hour. I miss my dad. I I'm just missing how things used to be. And that's okay. I'm going to own this. Hmm. And when you own those things, those places that you're going to emotionally, you own those patterns that you're in. Now you have a bit more control because you're not, you're not turning a blind eye to them and saying like, oh, no. Oh, Kevin, you think that I'm high energy? No, I'm not. Because now there's a disconnect, right? You can't really connect with another person or yourself. Well, yourself first and foremost, because you're not owning it. But if I own the fact that I'm like, yeah, you know what, Renee? Nine, 2019 into 2020 rocked your world. You had your floor taken out from from underneath your feet. And you know what? It it caused some changes within you and that's okay. Hmm. Now you're working through it. Like that feels within my nervous system, that feels so much better than sitting back and being like, "No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. What do you mean? I'm, I'm cool." No, I started my own business. My I lost my father and this happened, but everything's fine. No, that's completely cutting myself off from myself. But if I can own it, and then work with it. Now we're going with the current. I hear you. I, that's been, I've struggled to own things because I was just so ignorant of them. I don't know. I mean, I, there's definitely some, been some things where I have not wanted to, I've been in denial somewhat. So I think we all have to look at that. There, there's probably been more things though, where I just was unaware. I mean, I really thought, there's just, it's, it's what, you know, Vienna talks about. I just, things were good. I, I don't, I don't know. And yet I'm looking at the patterns though and go, well, those aren't good. And I, I had to have somebody else point them out somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, then I had my own times of hitting rock bottom. I, you can't deny that, but I, I still didn't know why. And actually in that, I probably was that much more harsh on myself because I thought there's just no reason. But even as I say that the danger is, hearing me say that and going, Oh, it's cause now I got to go look for the reason. And I'm looking for blame. That's not it. So can we look for the reason we're not looking for blame against anyone and even ourselves, but going, Oh, there's something that happened. Well, your story is great. It was, it was nobody said your, your parents weren't sitting there lamenting their place in life. You were just looking at them going, Oh gosh, I see the sacrifices they made and some things that they, they're doing so much better than what they came from, but they, you know, they're never going to mom loves dance, but she's never going to have her shot. So, I'm going to go. So there's the causation. So we went back. There's a reason for whatever, you know, somebody else could have been in that and they would not have embraced what you did. Um, but you don't need to dish your, you didn't ask for that programming either. It's your DNA or whatever it was. And then say, okay, now I've, now I'm aware. How do I look in the mirror and see and be something different? And that, and I do want to say to what you said, it is not, 
it is not easy. And I do feel like we as an industry in self-help, we tend to say, Hey, here's the five steps to it. You know, you, you go at it. You're good. And you go, man, this is, I still use the term. I don't know if I said it with, with Vienna, but I still feel like in that back to your current, that was a, it sounds bad. It was a brainwashing though. It was a programming that we're going to have to re brainwash. And that is just freaking hard. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. It is. And and what I'm learning in, in my journey right now, this is fun that I get to share with you because as I'm going Please. through this yeah. with, with my with my coach and and inner child specialist. I'm learning so much every week and what I'm seeing. So I'll be really transparent right now. One of my strongest inner children is the inner child who judges the crap out of me. And I I thought about it because I just heard it even within you. You said it like really, really slightly, right? Just as an aside, because we Oftentimes I can just speak for myself, judge, I judge myself all the time. And just now I'm recognizing, oh my goodness, that self judgment comes into everything I do, but it's so programmed in me, Kevin, that I, I didn't even recognize it until recently where it's a situation where I'm doing something and say, I am struggling through it. I don't just struggle through it, but then I judge myself for struggling through it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is, what, where is this coming from? Yeah. And what, what I loved it when I was listening to your interview with Vienna is it's so nice to feel as though there doesn't need to be judgment on ourselves or our parents, right? When we recognize that wound, when we recognize that original pain, we can just recognize it and say, okay. I need to deal with this now. I recognize because of mom and because of dad, this situation I was in, now I'm in this place, but there's no throwing you under the bus for it or or judging you or myself. No, we were all doing the best we could under the circumstances, and now let's move forward from there. And that perspective shift of of understanding self-judgment does not it's, it's not something that we're innately born with. It's not something that we need to survive. And I can lovingly let that go. That's been probably the most powerful shift for me. I'm 
thinking about it as you, I'm, I'm concerned that I inherently, not decidedly, but that I inherently think I'm supposed to judge myself. That's, that's what I thought. Yes. And it's tricky. This is what I'm saying. I thought until I had a mirror held up to me, I thought the same thing, Kevin. I, again, we're so similar because my background being in the entertainment field, a dancer since five years old, singer, actor, you being a pro cyclist, we know what it's like to push ourselves to the brink, right? We can't, we we can't be the best or get to those heights of our careers without, in one way, shape, or form, judging ourselves, being perfectionists with ourselves. <clears throat> but again, that's where that idea comes into play that that worked for us in, in this certain scope of a situation, but it's not innately what we're supposed to do. And that, I, I get it. I, I, I'm seeing you. I feel you right I, now. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... I'm thinking through it. I mean, because there is the aspect of, go, so go to performance, whether it's a, a bike race or, or your yeah. performance. And especially if there's something where you bobbled a little bit or whatever that, you know, we can often, I mean, we're going to critique ourselves, and, and there's going to be times when I know, and dude, I, I just kind of quit. I, 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 I know. Yeah. And, and I'm not proud of that. I can regret that, but to have grace for myself and to know man, that everybody's doing, you know, that happens to everybody. So in that, so let's go to regular life and maybe there was a bad relational moment or whatever. And you know that you were being a turd, um, and having turd feelings. And, um, but even to that, to go and, and like everybody else isn't cause if, cause if it was my friend, cause if I heard this, if I heard that you did the same thing, Renee, Oh my gosh, yeah. I did the same thing to my husband or, you know, or friend or whatever. Yeah. I reacted that way. I would have so much grace for you. I go, well, you're human, you know, That's what I'm saying. Yes. but it's, yeah, I know. I know. I mean, we we're, we're talking about this intellectually and I'm, I'm, I'm tasting, uh, sometimes the ability to turn that around on myself. It, it yeah. feels monumental because I, I do. I think there's some part of me where I feel, I may even feel proud that I am criticizing and judging myself. Yeah, okay. Yes, I wore it as a badge of honor. I've worn it as a badge of honor my entire life, Kevin. And I'm just now seeing this, that that I have worn it as a badge of honor. And now I'm seeing the people around me and the people I look up to and people in my life that I love. And I go, oh, wait, whoa, it doesn't have to be this way. As you said, I can look at myself and say, okay, Renee, you made that mistake. You weren't as good in that situation as you could have been, but handling it with grace as opposed to beating myself up. That's probably a better way to say it. Yes, we're all going to give ourselves feedback. We're going to recognize when, oh, I didn't handle that as well as I could have, but there's a difference when you say, okay, Renee, you, you, you're better than this. You can do better next time versus uh, I can't believe you. You're you're like such an idiot. What is wrong with you? That's a phrase that I have said to myself more often than, than I've ever said to anyone. So welcome everybody into my brain. But that, that, that thought, Renee, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh my goodness, that was, that's been a staple in my head. Because I have just beat myself up time and time again, because at some point in my life, 
I connected beating myself up with working harder. So if I beat myself to submission, then I'll work harder and then I'll be better the next time. No, I can now handle it with grace. Well, I was about, I was going another direction with what you just said in a sense, because if we put you on stage or, mm-hmm. or, you know, put me on the, on the road, you know, on, on a race that I'm, th- I'm stuck on your badge of honor thing because yeah. doing that and beating the best out of ourselves, it does work on stage. It does work on, and I was actually thinking about, I guess, cause you, the term badge, I'm thinking military and you think about the yeah. super hard, you know, crusty, you know, top, whatever they, I don't even know, Sergeant, Lieutenant, whatever's at the top. I don't know. Yeah. And that person who there's no excuses, no limits, self judgment as a badge of honor, man, you don't give yourself any limits. You don't give it. And that does pay off on the battlefield. It can pay off in your work and in your performance. It doesn't pay off in relationships with ourselves or with others. Cause if you think about that same person, your thought is they also loathe themselves and they pretty much loathe everybody else. They're outside of the battlefield. They are alone. They're divorced. Their kids don't like them. They have no friends. They may have some respect to their peers, but they're, they're not happy. And mm-hmm. so can we, I mean, maybe they're, the, the, the criticism There's a time and place. Okay. Yeah, it's that's, possible. that's what I no, guess. I, 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 I totally agree. Like there's those times that I was the queen perfectionist as an artist, right. As a dancer, if I couldn't do my pirouette on the left-hand side, I would work it for hours and hours until I could. And if your toes are bleeding, man, you and just if, bleed oh, across the floor. B- Many a nights did I come home with bloody toes. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that's, yes, I will give credit where credit's due. And that's what allowed me to reach Broadway and reach those heights that I dreamt of. I think the trick here is as you get wiser and you become more self-aware, what you realize is, okay, things can be compartmentalized. When those men and women are on the battlefield, and they have to put those 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 blinders on and just, yes, I have to do this. And these are the commands and I need to go here. And yeah. I can't think absolutely they need that that skill of of kind of taking the emotion out of things. Right. There's no time to be emotional. You can compartmentalize that for when they're on the battlefield. But then, yes, in the rest of their lives now, now we must allow those emotions to flourish. So there's a time and place where that does work. And again, going back to the inner children, this is what's so powerful about it is you start to see that, oh, you needed to be that role in my life at that time, right? When I was on stage, when I was falling out of my turns and I'm doing a Broadway show and I need to nail this for opening night. Yeah, I need to give myself a little tough love. Let's go, Renee. So you can thank yourself for that. But now because I'm wiser, I realize that I can still pull out that quality of me pushing myself, but I can do it in a healthier way. Meaning, say I'm going to go, you know, take a dance class today and I'm like, oh man, Renee, you haven't danced in three years and I'm falling out of turns here and there. And that, that old pattern wants to come in and call myself an idiot or say, Renee, come on, you're, what's wrong with you? Instead, I could say, "Uh uh-uh. Wow, Renee, 
okay, so you're a bit rusty. We're going to stay here and work on this for another hour or two. It's almost not in the what, but the how, right? Like how you're doing it, how you're pushing yourself to the brink. Because now I have the information and the wherewithal to know, okay, when I, if I tried to beat myself up like that, like I did 10 years ago, that would that wouldn't feel good anymore because I've now grown to a certain point where it just doesn't fit with me and it's uncomfortable. You mentioned the word, you said the word role, uh, our roles. So I didn't send you part two that I did with Vienna. That's the, I did it with you, you know, long ago with the values, motives and habits. And I think it was in the spiritual aspect at the beginning. And I actually titled the show after this. She talked about, her own efforts to de-roll. So here's the role to de-roll. And I hadn't heard it said in that way. I get it. You, I mean, you'll get it, obviously. Or we, but um, to de-roll, and it has me thinking about that. So here I am. You know, I could paraphrase it for her. She didn't say this specifically. So she spends her day as a therapist doing her therapy thing, listening, you know, offering this, whatever. I could see maybe her husband going, okay, let's de-roll, babe. I, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not your... I'm not ready to be your patient right now. She needs the D roll. And so in that, so here you are out here busting your butt on stage. You are critiquing yourself. You know, you're off stage for a second. You're going to go back on, man. You're going to tape up the bloody toes. You're going to go back, do what you got to do. Okay. Now we're, now you're off stage. This is, this is after hours. You're out at dinner with friends and this is not the place to be judgmental and critical about yourself about, and it's of course that's going to relate to how you see them and you're criticizing the food and everything going on. And I mean, cause you can take that on to D roll. I hadn't thought about it in this term, but you're bringing me full circle on this aspect of there is a time oh, I'm back to that self, that badge of honor, that badge of honor. I, 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 I didn't, that's what I was talking about before. And I didn't say it in those terms, but you got it because we do. And we do it because there is payoff in certain places, but we got to weigh that payoff of, is that payoff? Is it getting us what we want? Is that okay? Or is it getting us what we want, but it's sacrificing X, Y, Z, or maybe it has its place, but it's not what we need to do. My, my, you know, Renee, one of my greatest skills just in athletics was endurance. You know, obviously that's what got me on the podium. That's not served me well in relationships. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't understand derolling as Vienna would say. Yeah. And, and Kevin, again, it all comes back to self-awareness. Like you just said it, you didn't, you didn't know that, that, that wouldn't serve you in relationships until you, until you figured it out because it smacked you in the face. And that's, that's what got me thinking today as I was listening to your guys interview. I was like, man, life. And I say this all the time already, but something about your interview with Vienna really hit home for me in my belief that life is just a school. Like Hmm. we are in a school and we are studying these subjects and we are being tested all the time. And sometimes we thrive and we get an A on the test and sometimes we get a D and then we have to go back and we have to learn these other lessons. And by recognizing that, I know for me, I can just speak for myself that takes some of the pressure off of thinking that we have to figure out every single thing in the world and be these perfect specimens yeah. because there there is no perfect we're learning and we're and we're growing and you know self-awareness is just such a 
man, it's such an important piece to every part of our lives, not because it's going to let us do a 180 overnight, but because it'll give us that space to choose differently. Even if it's still uncomfortable, we can choose differently like you're doing. Like you are Mr. Fix-It. And I'm sure now that you're making the conscious decision not to fix things, it's probably freaking uncomfortable. You're like, oh man, I want to go fix my daughter's car so bad right now. <laughs> But you're you're taking you're making the choice to say, no, I'm going to do this differently. It doesn't feel good, but right now I'm in that 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 time of going against the current and soon it'll start to feel more comfortable in that new role. Well, it, yes, thank you. It, it is. It's even, gosh, tangibly that I realized, gosh, I didn't spend an hour dealing with that. And it, and the kid just went and took care of it and they took care of it. And I, and I have, I do have one daughter, uh, thank goodness. I'll call her out Eliza and she, um, she'll do that. She'll say, she'll be talking about something. She'll go, wait, wait, daddy, I, I don't want you to do anything about it. Like literally don't, I'm going to be pissed if you do. because this is, this is, I'm, I'm a grown Well, she would say, I'm a grown ass woman. And yes, I, I yes. want, she said, I want to, I've let you take care of all this stuff and I don't know how to do it. I want to know how to, so, you know, and, and there's a time and place for fixing things, but what you just said, life is just a school. That sounds pithy, but you got me thinking on that because how often do we hear, especially out in the culture right now about, you know, life is hard, life sucks, life's not fair. If we look at it and go not to minimize anyone's experience and the tra tra tragedies and traumas and, and victimizations even that happen out there, but to look at it and go, man, there are things that, that happen. But if we look at it as a school with an opportunity to look at that and to figure out what can we learn from that to what you've said, I don't know how many times during this, to be self-aware of, of, of us and how is it affecting us? If I look at it and say, life can be a school if I let it, but I will need to, I think the next thing he says, I, I will need to be aware and choose differently. Um, that's why I have you on these shows. You do treat life like a school and I appreciate it. That's why it's, uh, it's fun to hang with you. Thank I you. I love having Kevin. And this is, this is such a blessing to me because I feel like this, this is part of the school, like yeah. getting to have these conversations with you. It's so, it's so much better having them with you than in my own head. <laughs> I agree. I, you know, I do. I, I got to I got to admit, and you know, I want to say this even to, even though I've talked about, this is our conversation, not talking to everybody out there, but for everybody out there, listen to, man, to take this stuff. That's why I often say with the shows, the best thing you can do is go talk with somebody about it. Go talk now with a, you know, a friend or a spouse or whatever, and grapple with it like this, because just as we're talking about, so I did, I've done, I've done To, you know, I did spent three hours with Renee. I read her uh, Renee with Vienna. Uh, I read her book, and yet I made some notes on it. And in talking with you, I've come out with. I feel like every time that I grapple with it, that I question it, that I discuss it with you, some you know, or somebody who's who's studying this stuff too, who's treating life as a school. Man, I come out with more, and that is what helps me engage with it. And one shot, I think we all need to hear that, man. Just hearing something one time, just the knowledge, it just does not, it's not enough. It's a start. It's a maybe, start. well, like you said, it's maybe the awareness, but you know, you got yeah. aware of your inner child stuff and yet you're going every week or whatever you're doing and you're working yeah. on it and work on it. Oh, I did. That was, I did want to ask that Renee, is there a, I mean, obviously we're talking about Vienna and her, her new book, the origins of you, but on the inner child, do you have a favored resource you could throw out on that? If you don't know, Ooh. Biggie, 
thought I'd ask. I, didn't I know. don't. You know, I haven't read. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Um, Gabrielle Bernstein, who's one yeah. of my absolute favorites. Yeah, you mentioned her before. Oh, I, mean, I know yeah, of her. her. New book. Yeah, her new book, um, Happy Days, talks a lot about it. She talks um, about um, IFS, Internal Family Systems. I believe that's correct. Um, but it's all about working with your inner children and understanding that they all had a role. Let's let's keep using that because it's such a perfect word to describe the situation that that yeah. these inner children get put in. They're in a role and they get stuck there. And what happens is when we start to realize, oh, perfectionist Renee, that she came to be, she decided to play that role because at that point in her life, she saw mom and dad who were these beautiful parents who did everything they could for her and her brother, but they didn't always have the things that they wanted. She's going to be the one to, to do the things that they wish they could do. So she's going to make them proud. Boom. And she locked into this role. And now everything that she did was funneled through this role of the perfectionist. And she made it to Broadway and she did all these things and it was amazing. But now she got to a point where it's like, this is uncomfortable. Like this role doesn't suit me anymore because adult Renee has grown past it. And, and recognizing that and then talking to those inner children and letting them know you could now play a different role for me mm-hmm. instead of making things harder for me. Let's work together. Let's have fun in our lives. Let's, when we make a mistake, instead of beating ourselves up, let's say, that's funny. You know what? We're going to, we're going to dust ourselves off and get back up again and, and laugh it off. Right. And changing the roles and the place that these inner children have in our lives. So yeah, happy days. Fantastic book. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll end with that. That's what we're looking for. Happier days as we are not wearing our judgment as a badge of honor. It has some places, maybe. I don't know. We have to discern that. But uh, hey, thank you. Such a gift. Well, co-hosting with Renee is just such a gift. You can find her at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Marino.com. And you'll do yourself so well to dig into Vienna Farron's book, The Origins of You, How Breaking Family Patterns Can Liberate the Way We Live and Love. You can join Vienna on Instagram at MindfulMFT. Friends, thank you for tuning in to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience of life and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends. Oh,